0: off your device. That's soberlink.com forward slash T a M and let accountability be your guide. Hello everyone. I hope you are having a wonderful day. This is the addicted mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterlin. I'm your host and we are on to another episode. Our wonderful guest today is Dr. Michael Gordon. He first opened the detox program in Madison, Wisconsin, under the Decriminalization of Alcoholism Statute in 1972. He became the medical director of the Anderson Alcoholic Rehabilitation Hospital in Janesville, Wisconsin in 1974, and later joined the Center for Psychiatry and the staff of the Bronner Psychiatric Institute in Atlanta. Gordon is now semi-retired, but remains in practice as the medical director of the Berman Center, an intensive outpatient and partial hospitalization program. He is a member of international doctors in Alcoholics Anonymous, and is a fellow of the American Society of Addiction Medicine. And he is the author of a really great book, The 12-Step Pathway, A Hero's Journey of Recovery. Now, what I really loved about this book is it's based on Joseph Campbell's work, uh, Carl Jung's work, and it talks about the hero's journey and how that journey, that mythology, can be placed upon the 12-step process. And so I just really enjoyed talking to Michael about his book, his writing process, and putting that all together. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you get a lot out of it. I really did, and I got a lot out of his, his book as well. So I definitely encourage everyone to check that out as well. And if you're getting a lot out of the Addicted Mind podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes. If you write a review, that really does help the podcast get found. I do read them and I really appreciate them. They mean a lot to me to do this work and, and keep putting out the Addicted Mind podcast. Cause I, I can see that it helps people and, and really supports people. So all the people that have done that. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to do that for the Addicted Mind. And you can follow us on Instagram. Just go to Addicted Mind podcast and follow us there. All right, everyone stay tuned for this episode. All right everyone, welcome to The Addicted Mind. My guest is Michael Gordon and he is going to talk about his wonderful book, The 12-Step Pathway: A Heroic Journey of Recovery. Michael, I'm excited to talk with you. I love your book. I love what you've written. I love the hero's journey. I I use that metaphor a lot in my own life, so I enjoyed reading your book and and so I'm excited to to talk with you. So Please introduce yourself, and we'll just start
1: from there. Well, thanks, uh, Dwayne. I'm happy to have been invited to talk with you today. I'm Mike Gordon, and I grew up in Chicago. I went to University of Illinois in Champaign-Urbana and uh, Medical School, University of Chicago. I did some additional uh, training in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, got into family practice, and very quickly had a a major family crisis, which was the mental illness of my wife, who also became addicted to drugs, prescription drugs. And when her supply ran out, then it was alcohol. I went through a period of severe depression, and... It affected my life greatly, it affected the trajectory of my training program, and eventually we separated when she left the marriage seven years later. And by this time, because of my personal experience, I had become interested in treating alcoholics and family members. And uh I had discovered the twelve-step programs, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, Al-Anon, in particular, and I saw that by combining the power of the twelve-step recovery and my medical training, I was uniquely situated to help people with uh, with these difficulties. And in 1972, I started working in the field. And 1974, we opened a private inpatient and outpatient program in uh, Wisconsin. First in Janesville, Wisconsin, then we expanded to a couple of other locations. Yeah, I was going to ask you a little bit about that because
0: in the book, you 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 know, there's a powerful story that you tell about how you kind of got exposed uh, uh, to the 12 steps by these individuals sharing their story and how you saw something kind of really miraculous there and that really changed how you viewed everything.
1: Well, it was the incident, the actual incident was at an AA meeting. I had been invited to as a guest by uh, a fellow in the AA program who became interested in me as a potential resource for treating alcoholics in the community. And so he invited me to a program, AA meeting, and While there, I was just blown over by the power of the program, sitting there in a room full of about 100 uh, men and women in recovery, hearing uh, three men share their story about how they were hopeless alcoholics and how they had turned their whole life around. And I stood after the meeting and I looked at a wall hanging which listed the 12 steps, and I believed that what uh, these people were saying were true, that God had done for them what they could not do for themselves. And uh, I had had my own personal experience where I had let God into my life, and so the whole thing just came together for me that evening. It's been a terrific uh, journey ever since. Now, if I can skip ahead a few years, yeah, if you don't please, mind, John. Too, so always been a good listener, and I'm interested in people. And I was on the staff of a hospital in the Atlanta area called the Ridgeview Institute. Back in the uh, mid-1990s, a fellow came in for treatment. And this particular unit at Ridgeview, they had leased to a Christian program. And the Christian program had their own staff, and they based their treatment on uh, scripture in parts, as well as, um, I would say, good counseling principles. But they didn't have their own doctors, so they used the Ridgeview doctors. They had a bunch of these Jewish doctors in this Christian program. Right. And so one day I came to see a new, pre- new patient, and he was very motivated to tell me that he was not a Christian. He wanted me to understand that, first of all that he was there because his wife wanted him to be there in that program, although he admitted that he needed help with his cocaine addiction. So I said, fine, that's not a problem for me. What do you believe? And he said, well, I'm a follower of Joseph Campbell. Do you know who Joseph Campbell is? I said, I have heard of Joseph Campbell. I'm not that well informed. Tell me what you believe. He said, well, Joseph Campbell said that God is beyond all categories of human thought. Therefore, we can't really conceive of God as God is. And so I don't accept a uh, Christian dogma. I said, okay, well, that's interesting. And we went on with his treatment. I hope he did well. He went back. He was from out of state, and I've had no follow-up on him. But I went home, and I uh, got The Hero of the Thousand Faces, which is the book that really made Joseph Campbell famous. Yeah, And book. I also read The Power of Myth, and I saw the, uh, I viewed the uh, tapes that Bill Moyer had made with uh, Joseph Campbell back in 1983. And I found the actual quote in The Power of Myth, which is that eternity is beyond all categories of human thought. But it's the same idea, that, that the human mind is not capable of conceiving of God as God is. I don't argue with people who do think they understand God as God is, and that's everybody's truth is their own truth. But can,
0: can you, uh, before we, before we go a little bit farther, um, can you, I I love Joseph Campbell's work. Um, and it's been a huge influence on my, my own life as well. Um, but you know, for people who may not know who Joseph Campbell is, can you, can you give a little bit of a a history there? So, that people understand the context that we're we're talking about here.
1: Yeah. yeah. thank you. Joseph uh, Campbell was an intellectual. I think he was born in the early 1900s. I think he died in 1985 or so. He went to Europe to study medieval history and became interested in mythology. He gave up his PhD uh, plans, acquired books, and went into the woods and read for five years. And his thesis was that mythology contains mystical knowledge. And uh, one form of myth is the hero's journey. The hero's journey is a story which he says is found in all societies. Every culture has their own hero and their own mythology which informs them of who they are. And it holds them together as a people and gives them a sense of belief and purpose and connection with a higher power. And I don't think he ever did get his PhD, although I suppose he got a lot of honorary degrees. He found a teaching position at Sarah Lawrence College in New York, and he taught there for years and years and years. The hero's journey is described by different writers in different ways, but I have boiled it down to eight steps according to Joseph Campbell's formulation. The first step is the call to adventure. The call to adventure comes to a person when they've reached a crisis in their life and things are desperately not right in their life. Or they may be just sailing along okay and something happens that gets their attention in a very unusual way. Right. But usually there's some kind of a crisis in their life. And the second stage is the refusal of the call. The call to adventure imposes on a person something that they really don't want to do, and uh, so they resist it, and their initial reaction is no. But finally, they accept the call because they're promised help. Whatever is calling them to adventure tells them, look, you're not going to be alone. I will help you. We will help you. You will. You can be successful in this. And so then, having accepted the call, the hero then embarks on an adventure. And it turns out that the adventure is twofold. The first is the adventure in the actual world, rescue the princess or, or whatever it may be. And at the same time, it's an inward adventure where the, where the hero looks within and uh, does a thorough self-evaluation and discovers their true self in depth. And this is uh, typically a, a spiritual experience. Having completed these adventures, the hero has achieved the quest. And then the next stage is the call to return. The uh, hero has accomplished whatever it was that they needed to do and is quite satisfied with uh, himself or herself and says, okay, now you got to go back. And he doesn't want to go back. So the refusal of the call to return is the next stage. Right. But then the hero does return to the kingdom with the treasure. Now, uh, what's the treasure? Well, it just depends what the quest was. Now, in the case of addiction recovery, the call to adventure, I thought about this after uh, working with this patient and doing some reading, and I realized that the hero's journey, that, that addiction recovery is a heroic journey. Absolutely, and, Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and so the person who is addicted to whatever it is—whether it's drugs, alcohol, gambling, pornography, or whatever it may be—is involved in something that they've lost control of. Yeah, and and there's and and with all their best efforts, they've failed to do anything but it, watch it get worse. And they may quit drinking for a few days or weeks at a time, but eventually they're right back at it and it's worse than ever. And so the call to adventure is to stop drinking and stay quit in the exact same world that they've been uncontrollably drinking. So that's the call to adventure. And the hero in this adventure finds help. Where does he find help? Well, in in my book, I describe the 12-step pathway as the uh, guide to the help. And so by going to Alcoholics Anonymous, finding a room full of people who are, they say they're, gl- hey, we're glad to see you. We're glad you're here. When has he heard that recently? Right. And, uh, and they say, you know, we have had the same problem that you had, and we have recovered, and this is what we did and so hope is found and the hero connects with a person a sponsor who is the guide guides him through the steps and the transformation occurs
0: right and i, I i'd love to connect this back to that I- emotional journey like like you said there's like the kind of external part of it the you know rescuing the princess kind of the external world but then this internal world like the call can be I mean, it can be, I guess, a moment of extreme pain and anguish. And it can be, like you said, Um, sometimes it's it's not that for everybody. But, you know, I just, I I guess, connecting to that, that emotional piece.
1: Well, yeah, it is an emotional uh, pain that gets people's attention. And the sense of self-loathing is profound with people. They have their life is not at all what they thought it was going to be they've worked to achieve certain things now some people it's never their life has been bad from the beginning they grow up in terrible circumstances they're abused or they're impoverished they're homeless uh, even as children right. and but i would say uh majority of people that that i work with have had reasonable childhoods and you know not perfect by any means and maybe difficult but not horrible and and yet they have certain hopes and expectations for life they get work start a family and so on and it's just not working it's just not working and and what's not working is what initially was their friend which was maybe alcohol or marijuana something that helped relax and the use for enjoyment turned on them yeah. and couldn't even say when it happened or how it happened, but it did happen. And it's affecting their life in an extreme way. Family, health, employment, finances, they may be incarcerated. It's not at all what they hoped it would be. And it's very depressing and terrible. Would this be
0: considered like that moment of decision, right? Like that you see when people enter recovery and they really jump in to recovery and they really put their whole heart into it. It's like that moment of decision. I mean, that's like, that's accepting the call.
1: Yeah, that's what uh, Bill Wilson in the text of Alcoholics Anonymous calls a turning point. People reach a turning point where they just can't go on any longer but it's much easier to reach that turning point and become teachable when you have a place to go to get help. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So then the yeah. then the then they get the the support which is the next part of that that That's journey. Right.
1: That's right. And so the 12 steps provide a guide to uh, traverse this uh this pathway and particularly the self-examination part of it in which you know, people who come into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous are really filled with self-hate. They're filled with resentment. They have a lot of anger. They have a lot of fear. And and they just don't like themselves and they don't like what they've become. And they find as they look and they look deeply at, at their personality. It's called a moral inventory. Yeah. And, and, and so they look at what's wrong, but they're also guided to look at what's good within themselves. And in my work with patients, we always try to emphasize looking at what's good. Yeah. And, and and not, yeah, sure, okay, you've messed this up and you've you've told these lies and you've hurt these people and that's all true. But let's look at the rest of you and let's look at how that all happened and the role that drugs or alcohol or gambling, or whatever, played and all that. And if you can discontinue these behaviors, then you can be your real self.
0: Yeah, so, that takes a lot of courage to do that. Like to look, I think to look at our our dark side, and to look at our good side. On both of, both of those aspects, can take a lot of courage to do, and that's what a hero needs, right?
1: It is absolutely, and uh, and I talk a lot about courage in the book yeah, and where that comes from. We get a lot of the courage from seeing other people being brave and doing exactly what we've been being encouraged to do now. Like one of the steps is to uh, make amends. That means that the person in recovery has to approach, approach the people that he has harmed and not just say, I'm sorry, but if there's money to be paid to pay it back. Yeah. And, and it's very shameful for people to face up to these things but they do it because their sponsor did it and there's they meet dozens of other people that said i did it and it helped me and i feel better now and it's the strangest thing that once you've talked about the secrets that you're harboring the things that you said nobody will ever hear me say this once you've talked about that with your sponsor or your therapist or with a clergy person or whoever you approach with it you feel better nothing has changed about the past same past but it just feels better and you feel like like you can go on with your life without carrying a terrible burden
0: yeah yeah it's freeing when when it we is. can live in congruence with ourselves and it's all out there it helps mitigate the shame it helps helps us just be I guess the best word I can use is congruent
1: with ourselves in the world. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. That's right. That's right. I mean, you, you can't be that bad. I mean, really, that's, right. that's, not, that's not realistic. I think we all start out with a clean slate and we have an opportunity to live as our best selves if we get the right kind of help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to know how you started to write this book and, and put these pieces together and, and like start to, cause you have some, you know, you share other people's stories in there, which are really powerful that you, you can see. And then you, you compare that to the hero's journey in the 12 steps. And then you put that all together. And I, I, I was just, as I was reading, I was like curious, like, how did you do that? <laughs> like, how did you put all those pieces together? And, and, and like, I don't know. I i don't know what really question I'm asking here. I'm just kind of yeah, like... The, uh, it I, sounds I, like you're
1: asking, how did I construct the book the way I did?
0: Yeah. Like, how did you start to make the decisions to like do it this way and, and put these pieces together? And That was
1: all intuitive. Intuitive. I had no outside guide or that. It was all intuitive. But I started, I decided to write the book after... Well, it's a COVID book, really. I had a a medical situation in which my immune system was compromised, and I was only able to leave the house to take walks in the neighborhood and go see my doctors. Wow. So I thought, well, what am I going to do with myself? I think I'll write a book. What am I going to write? Now, I had written a book years earlier, and uh, so I, I had discovered that I can write, which I hadn't known, but... Armed with that information, I thought, well, let me write another book. I know I'll write about the hero's journey as a pathway in recovery. And so in April of 2020, I made that decision. And I started reading, and I read for a year, books. And I had a lot of books. And when I travel, I go to used bookstores, and I buy books. I I, I like to buy books about religion and spirituality, and so I had a lot of books, and I had read them all, but I reread them and made notes, and after a year, I put it all together, and I spent, I don't know, maybe eight or ten weeks writing a draft, and it just all came together. I asked several people to write their story for me because I thought the book would be Dry if it didn't have real stories, you know storytelling is a powerful way of communicating, and people can relate to the characters and stories. so I asked several people and I got eight stories from people which talked about their their recovery. These are all people that I know, and some of them are friends and anyway, so i got I got the eight stories. I also tell the story of Bill Wilson. Who was one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous? He was the principal founder. And I tell one Bible story. Yeah. I threw one Bible story in there. And I, I was kind of on the fence about whether I was going to do it or not, but eventually I included it. And um and I think so, it's really
0: good. I I I love how you put that that piece no, in there. I, I think it really adds to the understanding the hero's journey and seeing it and seeing it in the mythology yes. of that. I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed that part.
1: Well, good. And so then at the end of the book, I have a chapter in which I analyze the stories and I show how they exemplify different aspects of the heroic journey. And then I have a workbook at the very end, the last chapter, in which people can evaluate where they are in the heroic journey and give them some assignments to think about and write about so i think it's the book is the first in-depth study of the heroic journey as an example of uh, addiction recovery and i i showed how it's guided by the 12 steps and so i think it's it's not just theoretical i make it practical as well
0: and i i read in it to me it's a i love joseph campbell's work and to me, Joseph Campbell is a very spiritual person. And to me, you know, it, it really resonates with, with me, uh, that type of spirituality and, and seeing it from that perspective. And I really enjoy that. And as I read your book, you know, I saw that spirituality in it. And it's like almost like I think and, and you know, you can answer if, if it feels comfortable to you but it's like there's your your journeys in there like i i would imagine it would be hard to write a book like this if you haven't done some of your own journey <laughs> because you know when you go to the dark spaces it's it's hard it's 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 difficult and to be able to contemplate that and think about it and come through it and you know, walk through it, It you know, to be able to put that back out into the world. I mean, it just sounds like your own hero's journey. And you can comment on what feels right for you to share there and, and not. But,
1: well, what feels right is that you're absolutely right. I've had, I'm 80 years old now. So I, I have an opportunity to look back on a, pardon me, a long life. And uh, yeah, I've had my ups and downs for sure. And some of the downs have been pretty bad. I did uh, have a, I would say I have made contact with a higher power, and I have a deep sense of my own spirituality. I think that people are fourfold, they're physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And I have a definite sense of my own spirituality, and it's a a very positive thing for me. I don't think of myself as a religious person, specifically. And that's partly because I don't think we can think about God as God is. So I, I'm not a dogma guy. I don't, I don't have any specific beliefs. And if I do have a specific belief, I try not to take it too seriously because I don't. Right. I think I there's a lot of wisdom there. Oh, that's right. I think it's uh, sort of maybe in the right direction, but I can't do better than that. So. Yeah, and you know, Bill Wilson, who was the founder of AA, was had a strong belief in God, but I wouldn't say he was a religious person. And uh, Joseph Campbell certainly was not a religious person. Very spiritual, as you say. So, religion is a way of connecting spiritually, but it's certainly not the only way.
0: Right, right, yeah, definitely. I, I you know, yeah, it just seems like there's just a lot of wisdom. Poured into this book from real experience and you know working with uh, your clients, your own life. I can really see that into it, and and I love how it parallels the the twelve steps and kind of really gives you a roadmap to to walk through this journey, this hero's journey. And if you're going to get into recovery, it is a hero's journey. That's for sure. Without you know, it's it's hard, and you need all the support you can get. It is
1: hard but it's doable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard but it's doable.
1: Yep. Doable for the average person.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. You don't need any special you don't need any special sauce to be able to do it. That's you just cool. have to be willing to try to say, okay, I'm gonna do this. And that's all you have to do is have that willingness and it happens.
0: Yeah. And and you know, I also say like trust that there there will be your guides along the way that will come and, and help you through that. That darkness a That's lot of times,
1: right. and at times you may say, you know what, I don't want to do this anymore. That refusal can come up at any time. Yeah, and and so people can start and they can stop, and hopefully they start again. Yeah, and you know, it's it's a lifelong journey. That's the other thing. People, a lot of people would like to say, well, okay, I got I got that taken care of. Now let me get on with my life, and they abandon the the pathway. And they think now I have, I have the understanding that I need. I haven't desired to drink the next period of time, and and I'm okay now. And part of the hero's journey is the obligation to return with the treasure. Yeah, and the treasure is the is the program, is the knowledge, the the ability, and the willingness to guide others and help others. And by abandoning that, people risk losing their way and often do lose their way now other people they may find another like they may through their church once they've once they have let's say recovered mm-hmm. they may find the people that they are feel most supposed to help look at what their mission is, is to help people through their church or something. So people find other other ways besides the 12 steps. But the 12 steps is certainly the entryway. And for most people, it's a lifelong one day at a time process, which is immensely rewarding.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's so worth it. Michael, I'm so I'm so thankful for your book and I'm I'm so thankful that you, you've come on to the addicted mind podcast and, and shared your story before you go. I always like to ask like just one question of my guests, someone out there is struggling and maybe listening to this podcast and you could tell them one thing, what would you want them to know? What would you want to tell them?
1: I want them to know that help is available and that you can be helped whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your situation is. And dealing specifically, if you're dealing, say, with alcohol or drugs, gambling, there are 800 800 numbers available. There's uh, websites available. Alcoholics Anonymous has a website. You can call. uh, Every area has a helpline. You can call. Somebody will answer the phone. They will direct you how to get to a meeting. They'll have somebody call you whatever kind of problem that you have, I'm just saying addiction for right now. Help is available and you can reach out and you can be talking to somebody within an hour and uh, you can be directed to get the help that you need. Professional help is also available. There are competent therapists and doctors willing and interested in helping you.
0: Thank you so much for saying that. If people want to, get in contact with you, or they want to get your book, what I'd encourage everybody to do, how can they do that? Where can they go?
1: We'll start with my website. It's michaelcowellgordon.com. And I'm going to spell that out. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-W-L-G-O-R-D-O-N.com. Cowell is my middle name. It's a family name. It comes from a Lithuanian word for blacksmith.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome.
1: So it's really Smith. Oh, that's... Michael Smith's word. Oh, that's cool. That is so... The name of the book is The Twelve Step Pathway, A Heroic Journey of Recovery. The Twelve Step Pathway, A Heroic Journey of Recovery.
0: Yeah, I will put all those links in the the show notes so people can go to theaddictivemind.com and and get that information as well. Thank you just for coming on, sharing your wisdom and uh, giving back.
1: Well, thank you. This has been a great opportunity to talk to you on this topic. And I hope that I hope there are people out there that will respond to this and get the help that they need or be encouraged to stay on the path that they've already started. And you continue with uh, your work, which is helping people. So good for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's easy to blame ourselves for our struggles with alcohol. We see people around us being able to control their drinking without any consequences. Yet no matter what we try, we can't seem to figure it out for ourselves. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.
0: All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind Podcast. As usual, all the links will be in the show notes at theaddictedmind.com. So check that out there. And don't forget... Click the subscribe button so you can get the latest episodes in your podcast feed. And if you want to continue the conversation online, think about joining our Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, type in the Addicted Mind podcast and click join. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful day and I will talk to you on the next episode.